Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Report Podcast, episode 73. 73. You had to look at it live recording, look at what episode number it is. Um, I'm Benjamin Yoder, your host to talk to you about video games. And uh, just a, I, I know last week was very, <laughs> very Xenoblade 2, uh, Torna, the Golden Age heavy, Golden Country. I'm going to continue to get that name wrong. Uh, golden golden country uh heavy um and yeah there's i i i like i and i won't i won't talk about this very long but like i said i, I was pretty much in the last room of the game um it's a little elaborate more elaborate room than i thought um but but i finished that off um and was was a bit over leveled for the end of the game but hey that's what happens when you're like i'm gonna do all this side content and then like the the main game is built for you to get there like you know in that case, in the case of that game, probably around like sixty to seventy percent of the side content was expected to be completed. Uh, there's actual gates keeping you from from getting to the end without doing a certain number of the the side content. Um, but yeah, so I, I finished that off, and uh, yeah, there wasn't anything. It's one of those things like with with Halo Reach, where it's like the conclusion of it's never going to be good because then the main game has to happen. <laughs> so they can't like sit there and be like, oh, everything's going to be all nice and swell. Of course, everything goes bad, um, but it does more than anything. I think it um makes it so when you um. There's like a whole thing about how Mithra is kind of the cause of some of the destruction that happens uh, at that time. And so you basically get to see that firsthand and kind of how it happened. Um, It doesn't really add any additional information, but it kind of maybe explains a bit more how like Mithra ends up being turned into pirate. Not really, actually, but but I don't know. I don't know, man. It's um. I mean, again, like I said, if you're a fan of Xenoblade Chronicles two, um, you should play Torn of the Golden Age. Uh, if you haven't played Xenoblade Chronicles two, this isn't really a good jumping in point. Um, as much as I like like the battle system changes and stuff, it's not really a good jumping in point. Um, just some some additional cleanup though. Um. Uh, I also did a, a WarioWare Inc. Uh, Mega Micro Games uh, quick play stream. And um, I, I did it, but I feel like when I did it, I didn't really have any thoughts at the time. I more or less said, well, this is just kind of what the game is. And I think maybe the one takeaway I might have come from after um, um, after having played that on stream and then having time to think about it was, you know, WarioWare, you know, because every, every mini game is like five, six seconds long with the exception of like the special boss mini games or, or like little side, uh, toys and, and stuff that you can mess with. Um, I think what makes WarioWare special might be the right word I'm, I'm not sure uh but what makes it interesting or special is um that that it basically everything is so tiny and small that there's almost no time for it to be bad like you don't really have time to to fully digest how each mini game plays per se and because they're so simple and they're just like hey press a button they're, they're not elaborate or anything like that i think i think a lot of problem uh a lot of games have when they they try to go for variety is that they have to build out these mechanics and they don't have the money and time to make them as polished as they need to be i think mario odyssey also hits this problem but 
like WarioWare and Mario Odyssey is a bit more of a, an extension of this, is that like the the less time you're spending it with with it, the better. Um, and so Mario Odyssey's you know each each capture mechanic of that game is is a bit more complicated. Um, but you know WarioWare is pretty much just press the A button, move the move the D pad left and right, and and stuff like that. And um, I think that's what makes Mario WarioWare work is because the games are so simple, so small that there's no space or time for them to really be bad games i feel like i'm sure there's a way to make a bad warioware games uh but the, the the bar to a good quality micro game uh probably isn't that high i mean you're literally there for like a few seconds you know you don't spend a lot of time with it so i guess that was kind of the the leftover thought i had about warioware uh ink make a micro games um i need to do a better job of making sure i i cut out that stuff from the back half of the stream. I think like with a couple a couple of streams I've just kind of left it in recently although eh, eh it's probably not bad to have have the quick play stream at the end of like the Lost Dimension part 1 and I had to split the or I didn't have to split the Lost Dimension stream. It split on its own cuz I guess I probably disconnected at some point. But um yeah. So, so are you aware? That's kind of the last like note I have for that. And I'm sure if anyone watches that in the future, they definitely won't listen to this podcast and get that little extra bit because there's nothing linking these two. So yay. Um, so yeah. Other than that though, um, I pretty much just, uh, I mean, the Torna thing didn't happen until pretty, pretty late this week. And then, uh, I started Blade Strangers last night. Um, finally, after it sat on my desk for what felt like months, it may have been months. <laughs> I'm not sure at this point. Um, but I did finally start Blade Strangers, and uh, I'm in. Enjoy- I'm enjoying it to some degree, but I think this is it's kind of interesting because I'd say recently, even though fighting games have become a much more, you know, visibly more competitive. And uh, I think a lot of times, a lot of games want to lean into that competitive nature. Um, I feel like the story modes have really benefited in a lot of more recent fighting games. I think Skullgirls is a good example. Although I, I played like the PS4 re-release of Skullgirls, so I don't know if it originally was like this. And then, uh, you know, I think the Dead or Alive games are a good example. Like DOA 5 had a, a pretty solid story and everything was pretty good. Blade Changer's story mode is... Uh... <laughs> is uh, what I would expect from like an older style fighting game. It's it's pretty basic. There's maybe a handful of cutscenes with a little bit of dialogue that either is irrelevant to that character's main uh, plot or is is only slightly relevant. <laughs> um, um, and then at the end of the story, you really don't really learn anything about in each of these individual characters. It's more or less just like, oh... Like, I think Helen is, like, the unique, like, original character for this game. And her story is pretty much just like, oh, um, I'm trying to hunt this organization down for revenge. And I forget, I even forget why she's hunting for revenge. I assume they probably, like, killed people she knew or something. Um, But it doesn't really amount to anything other than just being told by this computer lady, like, hey chill out, man. Don't, don't go. You're going to spend the rest of your life trying to get revenge and it's not going to work out. Uh, you'll be unhappy. And sure enough, uh, she's like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Um, so I don't know. The story's kind of light on, on those. Although a surprise, uh, I think her name's Noko. She's like the descendant of Umihara Kawase has like a surprisingly okay story in there, which is weird. Cause I think in the, in a, you know, I don't think the Umihara Kawase games have 
extensive plot. Uh, but in Sayonara Umihari Kwase, um, Noko is like a time cop from the future or something. And in this game, they lean into it and they give her a motivation. And I don't think she's had a motivation in the past of why she became a time cop. And it's basically just like her her basically trying to to prevent the death of her father and stuff. And then like the ultimate conclusion of that actually is kind of answered in this game. Um, maybe because this is the first time it's mentioned. So they have the space to to bring Noko to a, con- a conclusion. But yeah, it's a it's a I think more than anything, though. You know, it is a a novel fighting game, if only because it has a lot of characters in it that I feel like would typically not end up in any fighting games or would not be in a fighting game where they're like the main stars of them. You know, all the Code Princess characters, the Umihar Kwase characters, um, like the uh, characters from Cave Story and stuff like that. Um, I, I'm, I'm a big Gunvolt fan, um, and I will say I didn't, was not a big fan of how Gunvolt played in this game, unfortunately, or maybe, maybe you're not, not a big fan of it. I just couldn't figure it out how to make it work. Um, I, I might need to read some more information on how Gunvolt is supposed to be played, but I really didn't understand what to do with him. It's a pretty simple fighting game overall, though. It's pretty much light attack, heavy attack, and then there's this thing called, like, unique move, which to me just feels like a medium attack or something. I don't know. It may... I don't know. It's it's weird. Like, the, the unique mood and he- move and heavy attacks um, feel almost identical in terms of, like, the type of attacks they are. They're unique in terms of, like, you know, there are different animations and different attacks, but there's none of them really feel like they flow into each other very well. So it's pretty much just like, you know, light, do three light hits, uh, then a hard hit. And then you have like something called a, um, or a unique hit. And then you have something called like a special attack. And the special attacks are more or less like, a, I guess you could say kind of like a Smash Brothers, like press circle and down and then press circle and right and press circle and up. And it will give you different, um, attack types and then you can enhance the power of those those skills by pressing i think it's the hard attack button alongside special i think that's what it is um but nothing about it really feels like it flows well i think is the biggest problem like i i feel like you know maybe maybe it's one of those things and i'm i always say i'm a super casual fighting game player i pretty much just you know spend maybe you know five to twenty hours of the fighting game and then call it a day i'm not even sure if i can get that far with blade strangers um i'm gonna play through the story at least but i try to play online and could not find a single person <laughs> so but i think about games like dead or alive or soul Calibur or um or even probably like dragon ball z or dragon ball fighters z um even if you're not particularly experienced at fighting games, there's a flow to how they feel. And even though it's not like you're not being super efficient or effective, everything still feels like it's flowing into each other in a lot of ways. Um, and I and I feel like that's not the case with Blade Strangers. I feel like with Blade Strangers, you really need to know how these attacks are going to lead into each other because they're so limited, because there's so few options. Um, you, you really need to build combos uh to make the combat work and i think maybe they're trying to simplify it down to you know make it more accessible but i think in some ways they simplified it so far down that it's just more complex almost like if you want to do if you want to do combos it's it's it seems like a lot more um work 
in terms of memorization of what leads into what. I tried a little bit of the, um, I think it's called like the mission mode. Um, it was fine. I mean, it basically teaches you how to do combos and stuff, but I, I had some where the information wasn't particularly uh well detailed enough like i was pressing the right inputs but i think was getting the timing wrong and i couldn't figure out why um and then it just seemed like i was just completely missing the point of whatever they're trying to show me um and i was just like eh, well <laughs> i don't know what to do about this but hey if you want to play a fighting game with umihara kuase gunvol isaac shovel knight code princess characters i'm probably forgetting someone oh uh cave story characters uh <laughs> probably the only chance you're gonna get man <laughs> so <laughs> i don't know if any of these characters showed up in any other games um apparently these guys did uh like a shining force fighting game at some point um i would tell you what their developer name is but it's in japanese on the back of this box art so i'm not gonna be able to help you with that i think it's just the uh Uma umihara kawase developers who did it or at least, like, who controls the series now. Umihara Kawase has, like, a weird history of publishers, I think. But the, the developer has remained consistent, I think. So. Yeah. I didn't really have any news this week that I wanted to talk about. Um, Post-TGS, pretty quiet. There's a dog barking. Welcome to the news of the dog. So, um, I did not prepare. I thought I would have enough to cover, fill uh, 20 minutes, but I did not prepare. So, let's, uh... Let's pull up a, a, black, a back, back, back lottery. Um, although I can't remember my back lottery login. So, um, hmm. we could just talk about Lost Dimensions a little bit. Although I have a stream about Lost Dimensions. So I don't, yeah, I'm blanking on my, my back lottery login information. I'm going to try one more time. Uh, let's just get rid of that. There we go. Um, but yeah, I don't really have anything to say about Lost Dimensions yet. Um, I'm, <laughs> I think I mentioned this before. I kind of regret starting it now uh, because Valkyria Chronicles 4 is out. And I definitely want to play Valkyria Chronicles 4. But playing two strategy RPGs side by side <laughs> seems like a, like a bad idea. Um, speaking of which... I don't really know what... Um, what I'm going to focus on after Blade Strangers. I don't think Blade Ch Strangers is going to have much life for me, unfortunately. So, um, once I finish it up, I'll probably, uh, pass on doing anything else with it. I might do a quick play. Uh, well, hey, hey, how about this? Let's do a quick play stream of, uh, Blade Strangers this week. And then, uh, that will probably be the end of, <laughs> end of my Blade Strangers coverage. Um, I am going to try to get this Umihara Kwase, uh, keychain thing here real quick. Let's open that cookie. I don't think I've played this. Mario Party 7 on the GameCube. I did not capitalize the P. Oh my gosh. Mario Party 7 on the GameCube um, is actually weirdly one of my favorite Mario Parties. I think everybody has their own favorite Mario Party. Well, <laughs> everybody who likes Mario Party has their own favorite Mario Party. There's also people who think Mario Party is trash, which I can totally understand. Uh, go watch Giant Bomb series uh, Mario Party Party, I think is what it's called. Uh, it's a very long series and it's, it's kind of like watching, <laughs> it's kind of like watching people who pl play Shenmue without actually getting into Shenmue. It's like, if you know 
how to enjoy Mario Party, <laughs> which is a terrible caveat. Um, if you know how to enjoy Mario Party, um, I think there's a lot to appreciate there. But as soon as you bring in people who do not enjoy Mario Party, it's just kind of a mess. <laughs> um, a mess of just unhappiness. Um, but yeah, Mario Party 7 was uh, weirdly... Um, I feel like I've talked about this before, but in Mario Party 7, there's a series of commercials called the Hot Mario Brothers. Or, well, not in Mario Party 7. In the real world, there is a series of commercials called Hot Mario Brothers. And it was like these these two, uh, I think it was originally like some kind of uh, handsome idol singer man. And I think it was just called Hot Mario. And then eventually they switched over to Hot Mario Brothers, which I think it might have been a com- comedic duo. I could be wrong about that. But um, essentially, yeah, it was just these... Um, <laughs> These two guys dress up as Mario and Luigi, and they're just like going around playing, or they're just featured in all these advertisements. So, like in the in the Mario Kart DS one, it's like Mario packing up for a flight, and then Luigi playing against like all these different Luigi's from different like um, different um, countries and stuff. Because you know Mario Kart DS was the first online Mario Kart outside of you know hacking on the GameCube to to make Mario Kart work. Although I'm not sure how well that was at the time i don't know how well that worked at the time i guess um and then so basically mario party 7's commercial with this was like was like them under the couch of a huge family because mario party 7 had eight player multiplayer where you could uh have two people sharing a controller um a gamecube controller one using each side there's only like 10 mini games so it was like a kind of a pain if you actually played the board game part i believe i'm trying to remember if you could play the board game part with that or not but i remember just like whenever you limited down to the eight player mini games it was like 10 mini games and that was it and just was not very not a lot of variety there um but um yeah so it's just like this this huge family sitting on a couch and these like mario and luigi sitting under the (laughs) or laying under the couch hiding from them like crying about them enjoying mario party so much and then uh, there's like this music in the background. I don't even know how to put it. I'll I'll try to link the the video if I can find it again. I feel like I lose it every time I try to think about it. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just like a really goofy commercial. And for some reason that for some reason that sold Mario Party Seven to me, and I picked it up. Um, I think the American commercials were like Mario on a cruise ship, and I didn't like those commercials. And I was pretty, I was like, oh man, the Japanese commercials so much better because you know that's what you do. <laughs> Um, anyways, so Mario Party 7 was pretty alright. I like some of the levels in that game, but it's probably like any Mario Party, you know, wherever you come in, um, that, that seems to be your favorite, or at least like around that range of whatever one you end end up playing the most. I played Mario Party 1, I rented 2 and 3, but I never owned them. And then uh, I rented, I think, 4, 5, or 6. I don't remember which one. I think it was 4 or 5, and I didn't really have any feelings for them. And then seven was the first one I bought again and and played. I, th- I think I got it pretty cheap at the time. No, maybe maybe I got it full price. I can't remember. It was a while where I went to this uh this shop at the mall where they underpriced games, or maybe they didn't they didn't <laughs> they didn't properly price games. So you'd go in there and like Piano Three would be like fifty bucks still, even though you could get it so much cheaper anywhere else online. Um, but then sometimes there'd be like, hey. <laughs> Dark Cloud and Tony Hawk Pro Skater Underground were $2.50 new, which, you know, they weren't expensive games, but $2.50 new was pretty dang cheap 
Um, <laughs> and I, I got a few other games there pretty cheap. And I think Mario Party 7, for some reason, was priced lower there. Um, but I don't know. I don't, I don't remember if I got it exactly at launch or not. Hmm. Can't remember. Anyways, I guess that's it for Mario Party 7. And I guess that's it for this week. Um, bit of a heads up. Um, I am having to make some lifestyle changes in my life, including more sleeping, uh, better eating, more exercising, all that stuff. Um, not so much a, <laughs> it's not really so much of a choice as much as, oh, I need to do this, <laughs> um, to, to guarantee my body continues to function as needed for the rest of my life. <laughs> so... Yeah, I'm going to be trying to not push myself as hard um, in all aspects of my life and then trying to create a more balanced lifestyle and stuff like that. Um, and so, unfortunately, that's going to mean I'm not going to be killing my... <laughs> Fortunately or unfortunately, I'm not going to be killing myself over trying to get articles done and and trying to meet like my made-up deadlines of what is not really a deadline for anything. So, so, you know, I'm going to try to keep the output, you know, going out. Um, I'll try my best to, to release stuff as, as much as possible. But at the end of the day, um, I need to take care of my body first. Because if I, my body's not here, I can't write. <laughs> so, so I'm going to be um, slowing it down a bit. Um, you know, I'll, I'll try my best to do what I can. Um, I think the, the reality is, is that, you know, I, I, maybe I got a little obsessed, you know, writing on my website and stuff and like, I need to work smarter, not harder. Um, you know, if I, if I want to do something with my writing, it's, it's not going to be the answer of like, how much can I, how much can I kill myself trying to keep content on this website? <laughs> um, it's going to be, you know, smart articles and and smart use of my time to make articles and and hopefully that means you know a better quality product in the end you know i won't feel like death all the time like i've, I've probably been sleep deprived to the last 15 years of my life um so looking to change that um to make me feel like a better person and to make my body happier about being a better person because <laughs> my body's not happy then i'm not happy and right now my body's not happy um, so I will do my best, um, and, uh, hopefully live a good long life to, 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 to write out these, uh, articles and stuff. So yeah, just a little PSA there, I guess. Um, but otherwise, if there's anything of concern, I'll let you know, but for now, I'm not aware of any concerns other than just my body saying, Hey, get your, get your stuff together. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, 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 I guess that's all I can say. Uh, it's awkward to talk about it, but I, I feel like I need to say something about it, because I, you know, at the end of the day, you know, how I publish content is, you know, through this one outlet right now, and, and if that outlet slows down, I wanted to, you to know why, I guess, is how I feel. That being said, I think I have a I'm not going to guarantee it, but I think there's going to be an article going up this week. Um, I need to get some pictures for it, and I need to do some some more of the, the late-stage editing on it. Um, although I won't be here Monday. Yeah, it may not go up this week. It may be next week. So I'll, I'll try to see what I can do 
But again, I'm not going to kill myself to get it on the website. I'm not going to stress about it. No stress. Less stress in my life. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, also, a bit of a heads up. Um, I will be going to Portland Retro Game Expo. Um, I believe it's the 19th through the 21st. Um, I may not be there on the 19th, but I, I will be out of the, out of town. Um, so I'm, I'm a bit uncertain what to do for the excess podcast there yet. If I'm going to fill it in last year, I filled it in with talk about like Final Fantasy 14 1.0. Um, I'll see if I can find like a topic or something that I, that I could just ramble about for 20 minutes as like a bonus podcast thing. But otherwise, um, otherwise I will be out and there may not be a podcast on the 22nd. Um, so we'll see. Or if I do do a podcast on Monday, it may be late. So it might show up on like a Tuesday or something like that. Otherwise, uh, I started Lost Dimensions this week. So um, if you want to check that out, I am streaming that every Thursday, 7 o'clock PST. Um, and then uh, also, um, like I said, Blade Strangers will be at 9 on uh, Thursday as well, doing a quick play stream of that. And then, uh, yeah. Hopefully we can get an article out this week. If not, it'll it'll hopefully be out next week. So thank you very much for your time. And hope you have a good week. Bye.